All right, so I'm going to just say again that we have these online. If you want to see the first part of the lesson this morning, then you're going to need to grab, I think there might be a couple left up here. Yep, there's a couple left over here. Um, but I, we are going to read the scripture. And I want you to just think about this, not just in the context of verse 14 through 18 of chapter 3, but I want you to think about this in the, in the whole of what we've been learning in Second Peter. This morning, I want you to consider persevering, persevering through distraction and seduction. Persevering through distraction and seduction. I'm going to begin reading in verse 14 in New King James. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. Go back and look at what we were talking about last week. A new heaven and a new earth. Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, he's mentioning his beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. So they're getting from Peter, and they're getting from Paul, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Now, We've got these available. You can check these out. What we're, we've done is verse 14 through about verse 16. I'm going to jump over that this morning. If you're interested in it, I've got the notes for you. You can check that out online. You can grab a copy up here. I want to jump to verse 17. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away by the error of the wicked. Now, what we've been talking about earlier and what we've been discussing is just this spiritual battle that is raging around the globe. There's this cosmic spiritual battle that is raging, and we were discussing that earlier. And so what I really want you to think about as I'm asking you to consider persevering through distraction and through seduction, is I want to use the term seducing spirit. And this may or not be a familiar term for some of you, but in the Bible, there are passages that refer to seducing spirits that can lead people astray. This term is most often used in the context of false teaching and deception. We've been talking about that for weeks. Understanding what the Bible says about seducing spirits can help us avoid being misled, and stay grounded in God's truth. That's what this church is about. We're not trying to get you to sign on to our creeds, our interpretation. We're trying to be a church family that keeps our eyes on Jesus, and we open up the living word of God, and we study the word of God, and if we don't understand something, we dig in more, and we ask ourselves some hard questions. Think about this. A seducing spirit refers to any spirit or demonic influence that deceives, tempts, or leads people into false beliefs, 
sinful desires or unwise choices. We see warnings about such spirits through Scripture as Satan and his demons seek to turn humanity away from God. As Christians, it is vital that we are aware of their tactics and we rely on the Holy Spirit to discern truth from deception. Truth from deception. And that's not just my job, our job, it's our job together, individually and collectively. Let me read First Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 in the NIV. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, which are believers as part of God's family, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. My question real quick, do you even know, do you even know the godless myths or old wives' tales that you've embraced as truth? Just something to think about. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. The word grow in the Greek here means to grow or increase as in inward Christian growth. I want to ask you, are you doing anything to help yourself grow? If you are, are you adding some fertilizer on your growth? You're supercharging it. What's your commitment like? Grace. This whole idea, think about what they shared with us earlier. He's saying grace, grow in the grace, that protecting and helping favor of God. Do you understand that Jesus came and lived and died because he loves you and he wants to heap favor over you if you will simply believe and press in? Knowledge. What it means about knowledge here is the knowledge of God offered through the gospel of Christ the Savior. Let me give you three things real quick and I'll be done. Number one, church family, we must be consistent or diligent in pursuing Christ. The days of us being half in, half out, I'm going to try, making excuses, we've got to lay that aside, and we have got to be diligent, and we've got to be consistent in pursuing Christ. As a church family, yes, but I'm talking about individually. And my interpretation is, Get off your tail and do something more than what you're doing in your pursuit of Christ. Number two, we must realize that we have enemy forces that want to keep us from experiencing intimacy, strength, peace, and joy through the Holy Spirit. When I talk about demonic or seducing spirits, some of you are like, whoa, 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 man, that's, that's a little scary. Whether you want to embrace it or not doesn't change the reality of the existence of forces of evil that hate us. 
And can I just tell you, some of you that your mind is so twisted up, you want to know why the force of evil works so hard? Because if you get a taste, if you just get a taste of this divine nature, this supernatural experience that God has already paid a price through Jesus Christ to offer you, it's going to blow the forces of evil game plan. You're going to start kicking tail and I don't want that. Oh, well, Pastor Tim, that no, no, that's for all of us that believe. Number three, we must fight to grow closer to Father God. In other words, taking baby steps through grace and experiential understanding as we learn more about his ways. We've said this, and we're going to need to keep saying this as a church family, especially in these days. Complacency is not supposed to be a characteristic of a passionate follower of Christ. I want us to be a church family. We're going to love. We're going to be patient with everybody. You come as you are. Everybody has a seat at the table here. We're not going to hold your past against you. But what I want and what we want as leaders, as spiritual leaders, we want to attack this whole complacent, well, it doesn't matter. Let's just stop with the excuse making and let's fight individually and collectively to kick complacency out of the building out of the building of our hearts. Because it should not be a character. When Jesus said, no, the Old Testament is true. Love God passionately. He didn't say, love him sort of, a little bit, when it's convenient. Complacency is a beautiful thing in the kingdom of heaven. There's nowhere in scripture. Some of you, you've used the term backslidden. Where's that in scripture? Let's kick complacency and let's understand that we need to be passionate pursuers learning to love God with everything within us, body, soul, and spirit. And we need to learn to love our neighbors. I don't like when they said earlier, love your enemies. That's hard. Yeah. The only way I can is through Jesus and passionately pursuing him. May we continue to study and embrace Peter's writings to partake of God's divine nature through the sacrifice of his holy son, Yeshua. Let's stand and worship together.